Um, it's Olivia, and I know that we got off to a pretty late start because we were trying to figure out the tech issues for Zoom. I know I was. Um, so it's 12.34 now. I'm just kind of going to go. We might run a little bit over 1 p.m., but um, Kevin, I'll just yeah, that's fair. you to kind of shepherd me in that. Um, awesome. Yeah, Thank you, everybody, for coming on and participating on the line. I think the last time we had our leadership meeting with all the JY teachers, we were just all so impressed by the number of you who consistently and continuously come and participate on these phone conference lines. And I think it's just an indication that, you know, no matter who you are, no matter what age you are, no matter what you're going through, there is a hunger for God. There's curiosity there. Uh, there's an interest. And so our goal is to try to help you guys as much as we can. Um, and at the end of this um, preaching, or actually a talk rather, at the end of this, we'll talk about some of the things that we're going to try to start doing to help you guys a little bit more, uh, give you more of an opportunity uh, to come together with one another and, you know, to get more real and raw, talk about some things we're going through, how we can encourage each other in the faith and things of that nature. So um, that will happen at the end. But today, I just kind of want to talk with you guys, you know, when, when you know, Leslie and I had... Um, we talked about, you know, what we were going to talk about today. You know, I told Leslie, I said, you know what, just talk to talk to your peers, talk to them as if you were talking to like one of your friends, right? What is something that you would want them to know? And so I want you guys to understand the context of how I'm going to be talking to you today. Uh, I'm not going to be necessarily preaching. It's not what I like to call it. What it's going to be more of is what it would look like or sound like if I was talking to my younger sister or my younger brother. What it would look like or sound like if I was talking to you guys one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so I do intend to kind of get a little bit real. Um, I don't mean to offend anybody, but I think, you know, we are living in really, really critical times. And I think a lot of us are just very complacent and comfortable. Um, but at the same time, we're very confused and unsure. And none of that comes from God. Um, God does not bring about the spirit of confusion. So I hope that today's message will offer clarity and will offer you guys tips on just how to how to do this, how to do this walk, how to live this life. Um, so let me just um, open us up very quickly in a prayer. Father, thank you so much for gathering us here this afternoon. God, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. And thank you for who you are, for what you've done for us, God, for just your goodness, Lord, your love. Thank you for all those things that you bestow upon us, even though we don't deserve it. God, we are here before you this afternoon. We could be anywhere else. We could be doing anything else. But we're here, God. We want to hear from you. We want you to talk to us. We want you to speak to us, Lord God. I pray that at this time you use me, O Lord, to help your children speak to your children, O God. Let your word and your message, O God, come forth, O Lord. We come against every distraction and plan of the enemy to thwart Lord, their ability to hear you, to hear your word, and to hear this message today. We pray and we thank you because we know we have already won the victory. And we ask, oh God, that everything that we, we pray and ask, oh God, that everything that we discuss today will be for your glory and will be used to strengthen us as we continue to look for you. We love you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 
All right. So today, what I want to talk about is um, kind of really broad. So I'm going to be like jumping around a lot of different places. But um, the idea or the theme is pretty much like, what does it mean? What does it look like to be a Christian, to be a young Christian in today's time? Like, I know a lot of people come to me with questions like, hey, Olivia, is this okay to do as a Christian? Is it okay for me to wear this? Is it okay for me to go to this place? Is it okay for me to like get this? And so just a lot of like questions about things that can be done, things that shouldn't be done, um, and generally speaking, how to live your life. Um, and I think, you know, what we do, and this is, again, this is all part of the, the devil's plan is, you know, just bring about all that confusion because when your brain cannot wrap itself around a thought or a concept understandably, then instead of really taking the time to really like go into the word or to really invest in understanding like what 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 these questions are, we just we give up because that's effort. It's too much work. It's too much work to try to understand like you know whether I'm doing something right or wrong or whether or not God wants me to do this. So what we do instead is we kind of just throw our arms in the air. We're just like, whatever. Like, I'm just going to keep going to church. I want to read my Bible when I can. I'm going to pray when I'm supposed to and hope that that's enough to get me into heaven. And of course, the devil and his demons are cheering and applauding because that's not all it takes to get into heaven. And if he can get you as a young believer to believe that, then he's done his job, right? He doesn't necessarily need you to be Adolf Hitler or a murderer or a rapist or any of those crazy things. All he needs to do is to be able to get your attention away from Christ, away from God and the things of God and how to truly live as a believer. And uh, at that point, you know that he's gotten you. So the scripture for today's message is going to be taken from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 to 5. And this is one of my favorite scriptures. I like go back and I almost like meditate on this scripture almost daily because it's such a reminder to me of what's going on right now and how I shouldn't live my life. Okay. So I, I, as I'm, I'm 25 years old, I'm still relatively young and I'm still trying to figure this out. Right. I still have lots of questions all the time. And so I've gotten to the point where I've realized, and, and this is with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, that I may not know all the answers. I may not be able to say, okay, this is right, this is wrong. I may not be able to answer the question about homosexuality and, and all these different things that have come up. But I do know what the Bible says I should veer away from and stay away from and, and the things that I need to be cautious about um, in, in terms of how to live my life. So we'll talk about like how you should be living your life, but I also want to talk about like what you really should not be doing okay so the, the scripture again was second timothy chapter 3 verse 2 to 5 okay and if you guys are there i'll give you just a few more seconds i'm going to go ahead and read it second timothy chapter 3 verses 2 to 5 i'm reading from the niv version the bible says you should know this timothy in the last days, there will be very difficult times. And I just realized, guys, I'm so sorry. I just realized that I'm starting from verse one, so not verse two. That's why I like pause for a second. I was like, wait. We're starting from verse one. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. And I'm going to go back to the NIV version. So chapter 3, verse 1 says, but mark this. 
There will be terrible dark times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Now, like I said, one of my favorite scriptures is something that I almost meditate daily. So I can't even read the scripture one time and read it down. I'm going to read it again. <clears throat> Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boastful. Proud. Abusive disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, lovers, excuse me, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Now, the most powerful thing about this scripture is in reading it, I know every single person on this line could identify with something on here that either you have struggled with before or you're struggling with now. Okay. And this is, this is something that I personally, I personally put myself in like meditation mode for because it's so easy to lose yourself. It's so easy to let yourself slip up in this world and get caught up in all of these vices that the Bible is telling us to have nothing to do with, okay? But it's so important that you guys understand. Leslie did a phenomenal job talking about the acceptance of God, how much he loves us, how much he wants communion and relationship with us she did an incredible job doing that and i think it's so important that that message is taught but i also want to stress and imprint upon you this afternoon that god is love okay and god loves us right leslie said and i quote nothing god can do there's nothing god can do to love us more or less and there's nothing we can do for god to love us more and less but the reality is God is love, right? And God can only can only operate in love. He can only be around love. He can only be around holiness. He can only be around goodness, right? And so when we choose, when we willingly choose to turn away from the commandments of Christ, when we choose to live a certain way, what we think is happening is God is mad at us, He's pushing us away. He's punishing us. He doesn't want anything to do with us. Mind you, this is all narratives from the devil, not from God, because it's not biblical, right? I think God wants nothing to do with us. And so we, we, we don't even make the effort to turn back to God, right? It's exactly what Adam and Eve did when they were in the garden, right? And this is going to be such an important part of this teaching, because 
you know, in trying to figure out, am I living this, this life correctly? Am I living this walk correctly? We have to know and understand what fruit, what, what fruit are we producing, right? The Bible talks about the fruits of the spirit, and we'll get into that scripture. But I also want to talk about the fruit that the devil presents to us, right? All the time, temptation, right? What fruit is being presented to you? And what are you taking? What are you accepting, right? And so the Bible tells us in the beginning that God put Adam and Eve in this beautiful, magnificent garden, okay? Everything, sorry guys, that was my house phone. Everything, everything that anybody could ever want, right, exists in this garden. And God being such an incredible father, knowing our needs, knowing our wants, knowing all these things, placed us in this garden, says, you have access to everything. You everything you could ever need and ever want, right? But here, here's the catch, right? God is love. God is love. And God wants us to also be loved because we were made in his image, right? But the only way to really test whether our love is genuine and authentic is giving us the option, right? Or giving us the free will to choose not to love, okay? I know we've talked about this before, but I really want to reiterate this. If you were dating somebody, right? And you really wanted to know, does this person love me? right? We really wanted to assess the value of their love, right? Or not even the value, the legitimacy of their love, right? You could only do that by ma making sure that they had the option not to love you. So in other words, if you were dating somebody and they were a robot and they were programmed to love, it, it just, the love is different because it's, it's, a, it's a forced thing, right? They don't have control over their ability to not love, right? So it's not really genuine because you created this robot, this, this perfect person in this way, right? So it's not the same as when you give people the freedom to choose, all right, love me or not love me. When somebody willingly chooses to love you, when they, when they make that choice to love you, then you know that it's real because you know that they were also presented with the op option or the opportunity not to love you and they turn that down. So this is the very like, you know, human version, humanly way I can explain this, right? Of course, God is much bigger than this explanation, and he probably has more complicated uh, reasons for how he just set up the creation of man. But he put us in this garden, and he gives us access to everything. He makes it very clear to Adam and Eve that he loves them. He's a provider. He's their father. And he says, here's this one thing that I just, I don't want you to touch this, Right? Because not only will that give them, you know, knowledge and give them a sense of right from wrong, good and evil, but it will also show God at that point in time kind of where their loyalties lie. Um, and, and so the Bible says that certain, the serpent approached Eve and he presented this fruit in front of her. Okay? And he was very convincing. And in that moment... She was so focused on what she was looking at. When she saw that the fruit was, it was good for her stomach, you know, she saw that it was, you know, pleasing to her. And the devil, of course, using his canning words, telling her, you know, did God say this? Oh, he didn't mean this, surely this, surely that. And being super convincing. And in that moment, she's not thinking about God's love. 
She's not thinking about her creator, her maker, her father who loves her and wants the best for her and has already given her the best, right? In that moment, she just slips up and she takes the fruit, okay? And what happens is just the opening of the, the portal of evil, okay? And I want to make this very clear because a lot of people turn away from God or they turn away from the faith because of all of the evil that they see in the world, right? But please know and understand this. And if you have to go tell somebody and tell them to tell somebody and tell that person to tell somebody, like, do that. Get this message across that evil in this world is not because of God. It doesn't exist because of God. Surely God has the power to do anything and he can remove it. But understand that the evil that we see on a day-to-day basis, the brokenness of this world is not God's fault. The brokenness of this world is because God gave us the option to choose, right? And God being so incredible won't even violate that, right? Saying, I'm going to give this creation freedom and liberty to choose. And so if Eve and Adam hadn't eaten from that fruit, I promise you guys, today we would still be living in that garden. I promise you today that the world would look so different, right? But as soon as we decided to turn away from God and be disobedient, right, we opened up that portal of evil. And let me tell you why. Because the Bible says that God is love, right? And so choosing not to love or choosing not to obey in God is essentially the premise or the foundation of evil, right? Because it's there are two contrasts. It's love and it's evil. So when you're not choosing God, what you're doing is you're opening up or you're planting that seed of evil. God is love. So everything that exists outside of God is purely evil. That's why the Bible really makes it clear there is not there is no in-between. You gotta be either hot or cold, you gotta be either love or evil, good or bad. This in-between that we think exists is not really there. Because once you turn away from God, you have made yourself susceptible to evil. That's essentially what happened with Adam and Eve. The devil represents evil and they took the fruit that he presented to them. And so now what happens is Adam and Eve open this portal of evil. And as time goes on through the history of the Bible up until this point, we see mankind exercising their free will to not obey God, exercising their free will to do evil. And so that's why the world is broken. That's why you see all these sick things happening in this world. That is why. Don't ever for a second blame God for that. You may be going through something difficult at home. You may have hard times. You may get in these pits of like depression phases. Do not blame God. He is your refuge and he's the one who's going to pull you out of it. But the reason why we live in a place like this, in the way the reason why it looks the way it does is because we may not have done it, right? I, I didn't I didn't take the, the fruit from the serpent, right? But he did, and that opened us up to where we are today. But what I want to impress upon you is, is again, that fruit, right? You may not have eaten from that first fruit, but turning away from, from God, doing the things here that 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5 talks about, you, you don't realize this, guys, but every time you do that, every time you engage in, 
in being conceited or a lover of yourself, being boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to your parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than God. Do you know what you're doing every time you engage in those things? All you're doing is you're placing yourself back in that garden and you're just allowing Satan to hand you those fruits. He's he, literally every single time, every time you're disobedient to your parent, I need you to understand what's what's happening visually. And if you need to, this this is what I do, honestly. This is this is like my life hack when it comes to temptation. When I when I feel like when I feel like uh, there's a there's a pressing or there's a temptation, like something that comes up that's like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, right? It's very hard because your flesh wants to engage in it. It could be a number of different things. Every time I feel that happening, I just visualize the serpent, whether it's a snake or the grim reaper or the devil. I visualize the devil approaching me, handing me that fruit. Guys. You have to visualize when you're sitting in your room and you have your phone open or you have your laptop open and you think about going to watch porn, you have to visualize the devil because this is what he's doing. Believe it or not. And if you don't believe me, guys, go on YouTube, okay? Go online and listen to the testimonies of people who are ex-Satanists, people who used to be involved in uh, Wiccan faith. Don't even actually never mind. Don't even look at the people who used to do it. Look at the people who are doing it now. They will tell you firsthand that they pray. They pray sometimes even harder than Christians. They pray to their God of this of, of the devil. They pray. They wish death upon these people, and they have spirits that they summon up to go after people in several different ways. And so you're in your room, you're chilling, you're doing your thing, and all of a sudden you have this urge to go watch porn visualize the devil approaching you and presenting that that apple that fruit of pornography in your face and 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 everybody it's really funny because we think about you know kind of what the world looks like now everybody is so quick to be like dang Eve was so stupid like i can't believe she would listen to the devil i can't believe she would take that fruit and eat and eat it like how dumb is she how this and that she's the reason we have that that is how her and adam and eve are so dumb you look just as dumb taking that fruit and watching pornography. You look just as dumb yelling back at your parents. You look just as dumb thinking that you are some sort of God and becoming so pompous and arrogant and prideful. You look just as dumb being treacherous or conceited or, or just being a lover of your flesh. You look just as dumb not loving God or turning to God and, and, and loving him. You look just as dumb because literally the visual is... This nasty, disgusting, ugly serpent approaching you with this fruit. And instead of you turning away from it, you take it and you eat it. You take the fruit and you eat it. And then what happened when Adam and Eve ate the fruit? The <coughs> Bible says they realized they were naked and they, like, they acknowledged what they had done. And so they went away to hide from God. So... So now you just ate from this fruit, you just watched porn, or you just yelled at your parents, and now you feel really bad about it. And not only that, but you feel like, okay, God doesn't want anything to do with me right now. Like, dang, 
Like I'm just like so far in this hole now, and it's like God is just God. God doesn't want anything to do with me. And I want to clarify: it's not that He doesn't want anything to do with you. It's that He 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 just He really can't. It's like oil and water. It's just not like possible. Like however you want to put it, it's just God is so holy; He cannot exist in a place of unholiness, right? And so that's why you may get the sense that you feel distant from God, but the reality is, you've done that to yourself, right? You, you're the one. God, God never moved. God is still at that point where you left Him, right? What happened is when you decided to do all these things, live a certain way, carry yourself in a certain way, all you were doing is that you were you were pulling yourself further away from Him. So now you are looking for God. He's so far away, and you think that God is the one who moved. God didn't move. It was your sin, it was your unholiness, and it was your ungodliness that pushed you away from there. Okay. So so let me challenge you then, for. For this week, this up and coming week, go and read the scripture every day. Meditate on it, and whenever you feel like this urge, right, to do any of these things, right, just visualize the serpent approaching you, right, or the serpent whispering in your ears, like ignore your parents, don't say anything back to them, or talk back to them, right, or go and watch porn. Or you know, stay up till like four o'clock in the morning and talk sexually with this guy, right? Like, just 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 visualize, visualize the devil telling you to do these things, and and I promise you, you will you will feel very dumb if you actually take part in it, right? Because you know better, you know better, right? What what that what that fruit of tree and knowledge did is is it opened our eyes to good and evil. Not that Adam and Eve didn't know before, but Um, God put them in this garden to where He could take care of them, and He could be the one to to really uh, shepherd them into right and wrong. But now it's like, okay, we ate from this fruit; we're on our own. Okay, but it doesn't mean that we don't know, right? So you may be in a position where you're young and you're like, "Dang, am I doing this right? Am I gonna go to heaven? Am I am I this? Am I that?" You may have those broader questions. But I promise you, you're not dumb. You know, you know right from wrong. You know. And 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 it's no excuse to 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 try to use what's happening in the world, right? What's what's whatever the political or social paradigms are of this world. It's no excuse to use that to infiltrate the faith, because a lot of people, New Age Christians, love to do that. They like to mix and mingle. Oh, you know, homosexuality is fine because you know laws are changing. People are no, no, no. And you know what? It's a hard thing for people to hear. I know people have questions. I'm not God, so I'm not going to tell you, you know, what's what I think to be right and wrong. I'm just going to tell you what the Scripture says, and it's hard. It's it's hard because it's true, and you know, if you go back and you and again you associate all those things with demons and spirits, then you realize just how powerful, right? You realize just how powerful the devil is. I mean, he was he was powerful enough to really open up this portal of evil into the world. And so, of course, he's going to be able to have that same influence, right? To the point where perversion, right, has become such a widespread thing, almost acceptable in this world today. It's so acceptable, and that's because he's able to convince people, he's able to convince even Christians 
to engage in those things. And I just want you guys to be encouraged not not to ever not to ever let the devil slip you up, right? You may not know whether or not you know you're going to go to heaven or whether or not you're living a good life. I don't want you to focus on that, right? Cuz now what you start to do is you keep a visual or a um like a mental uh book, a checklist of some sort where you're keeping tabs and you're keeping tallies on um sorry guys that's the house phone i think my dad is going to pick it up but it made i'm trying to get it to mute okay he got it. all right so y- you you keep this this mental like tally list of like okay i went to church today check all right so i sinned today and i did this and this and that but i also when i went to church i helped like stack the chairs so that balances out like you, you start to like do this like tally list or something and god is kind of looking at you like what like you know god the only reason why there's going to be judgment at the end is because um there's there's going to be finality to all of this right there's everybody's going to end up somewhere you're going to end up in heaven you're going to end up in hell so god has to keep a keep track of the things that are going on right now what we're doing because this is what is going to be the explanation as to why you end up where you end up, right? God is the perfect judge. He's so fair. He's so just. So he's not going to send anybody to hell. And then they're going to be like, what? This is not fair. What happened? What did? That's why he's going he's gonna to go through and he's going to read out the list of things that got you there. Okay? That's what judgment is about. It's God's explanation to you as to why you didn't make it to the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> and that place belongs to people who are evil. It's not like God doesn't want them in heaven. It's more or less like, you can't get in like i can't that's my home god is saying that's my home i'm holy i can only be around like holy people right (laughs) excuse me it's like somebody with allergies like if you've got uh, a food allergy to like or no not even say food allergy let's say you're allergic to cats right you walk into a home and all of a sudden you start getting hives you start sneezing and coughing all over the place like you can't go into that house right a lot of us have this like allergy of i don't know wickedness this allergy of ungodliness unfaithfulness you can't you can't go into um the house of god because that doesn't exist there you you can't go it's just it's water and oil it does not mix you know and so it's not god trying to be selective and trying to eliminate people from getting into heaven or trying to make it difficult no it's it's god being god him being so constant and unchanging and and being this entity of love saying that i i can't i can't compromise myself i can't so what god said is instead what i'm going to do is i'm going to try to reverse this curse right this curse that i set up that the devil thought he really had figured out <clears throat> i'm going to try to reverse that send my one only son uh, to be the representation of me who's perfect and holy and you know what i'm i'm just gonna take i'm gonna take the death that you guys deserve like whoa what a like a a shift in the game a shift in this whole narrative like the devil really thought he had us excuse me but god says you know what i am love and so uh, what i have to do is i have to be the one to fix this he comes down hello and welcome jesus christ lives this perfect holy life as an example to us, right, of how to do this, right? And and when you look in scripture, 
trying to see if I can find it for you. There are several places in the New Testament that talk about um, Satan approaching the devil. Excuse me, Satan approaching Jesus Christ when he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. The scripture is not coming to me, but um, I will I will get it and I'll text it to Barbara and she can get it to you guys. But they talk about this, this experience, this encounter that Jesus Christ had with Satan. And you guys, the funny thing is, it's not very different than what that encounter was like with Adam and Eve, right? So that's the one thing that you can kind of like pick up from the devil. It's like, you know, <clears throat> he can only get but so creative with these things, right? He gets to a point where he kind of keeps doing the same thing over and over again. So that's how we can catch him these things. But he knows that Jesus is in this really, really super vulnerable state. Um, and I would even go as far as to say that he approached Eve not only when Adam wasn't around, but when Adam was asleep, right? Um, <clears throat> one day we can kind of talk about that, but, you know, there's kind of a system and a structure and order in terms of, you know, the man being sort of the head of the household and being kind of the protector of the household. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, the devil knowing that wanted to make sure that, that Adam was in deep sleep so that he could approach the most vulnerable um, part of that garden, which was Eve. And so the devil does not go to Jesus when he's in front of all these large crowds and, you know, he's, he's, he's working his magic and he's healing people. No, the devil is not that stupid. What the devil did is he approached Christ when he was um, fasting, he'd been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and presented him with all these different temptations that Christ was able to, to fight back. But again, you know, it's that visual, right? It's the visual of Satan approaching you and handing you a rock and saying, turn this rock into a loaf of bread and, and it'll be satisfying to you, right? Christ could have taken that. He was really hungry. Like fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, I think in today's time would actually kill a human being. He did not eat for 40 days. That's over a month, okay? Jesus Christ was hungry, but <clears throat> he had been sustained by the bread of life. <clears throat> the bread that was being provided to him by the Holy Spirit. And so that that didn't that didn't phase him. But I want you guys to understand that Satan is still doing that to this day. He's trying to present you with fruits and temptations, things that are going to try to get you to appease your flesh, things that are going to be gratifying to your flesh. Like, oh, this feels so good. Like masturbation, like, it's not just the guys girls do it too right sex right or even just engaging with somebody in such a way where you're talking in like a very perverse way like god nobody needs to be doing any of that right now and all it does all you're doing is you're taking that food and you're eating it that's all you're doing and i would even take it a step further to say some of the things that you guys watch some of the music that you're listening to it's, it's like you may not be taking the whole fruit and you're eating it, but what you're doing is you're taking the seed and you're planting it in the ground. And so right now it seems harmless, right? You're just kind of like listening to the music. You're watching these like really perverse shows, um, <clears throat> these really, really bad things. But they're sowing seeds in your heart. They're sowing seeds in your spirit. They're sowing seeds in your mind. And so right now things are fine. And then you start to notice that over time you, you turn into this person. All of a sudden, you're always angry. All of a sudden, you know, when somebody ticks you off, you want to pop off. You want to get angry. You want to get loud. You want to throw hands. Like, what is that? Like, what, what is that? I just sometimes, I just wonder, like, do you think that this is going to happen in heaven? Like, 
do you think that this is okay to like carry yourself like this? And moreover, do you think that the Holy Spirit can live within you when this is the kind of stuff that you're intaking, that you're feeding your body, that you're feeding your spirit, right? I, I, like just as a reminder, like hopefully when the rapture comes, it's going to be super quick, super, super quick. And it's just the spirit of God just yanking the, the, the Holy Spirit and the same spirit that lives in all of his people, just yanking them out, right? Before he starts to put the world through some serious tribulation. Listen, you don't want to be around for all that. And that's kind of like an end times preaching that we'll probably get into at some point. But the, the way that happens is it's like a spirit of God. The spirit of God identifies with the Holy Spirit living in you. Okay. So if the Holy Spirit doesn't live in you, all of a sudden the rapture is going to be happening. Like I said, it's going to be quick. And you're looking around and you're still here. And you're wondering why you're still here. The Holy Spirit cannot live inside of filth. Again, it's that water and that oil combination. It does not go. So you're acting this way, you're cussing up a storm, you're thinking all these terrible things, you're looking at people lustfully, you're engaged in all these perverted activities and actions, you are just a mean, nasty person, you disobey your parents, you're conceited, you get on social media and you think that you're this God, and and you expect the Holy Spirit to come and live in you, like, that's almost as dumb as taking the food and eating it. You are not fooling anybody but yourself. And the devil is elated. Him and his angels and his demons are so excited. Because the, the thing is, and, and, and not to get too deep into it, but after that time of rapture comes and the world experiences several years of tribulation, it's, it's, it's like, okay, at that point, you still have a chance at heaven. However, it's virtually impossible. Like it's, it's, it, I mean, we're talking like you're, you're going to be living in a world. Like if you think this world is really, um, is ruled by demons right now, just wait until after the rapture and you'll see how at that time the antichrist will reign over this world and make it very difficult for Christians to remain Christians. A lot of Christians at that time will turn to the antichrist because they'll want to save their lives. So that's that. I don't, I personally, I don't want to be around for that. So my prayer is, you know, God, I love you and I'm pursuing you because you're, he's, he's genuinely a good God. But also I got that in the back of my head, like all this stuff like that the world is trying to present to me and trying to present as attractive, like and, and trying to get me to do all these like that. It's not worth it. It's not worth my salvation. This this is such a temporary place of habitation. Right. And thank God, because. This world is sick. It's evil. Every day you hear something terrible going on. I don't want to live here. I, this, this is not my home. I don't want this to be my home. So thank you, God, that there's hope. There's something I can look forward to. But this ain't it. This is not it. And so every day I, I challenge myself and I, I put myself in a place where, you know, I humble myself and bring myself down. And I'm just I try to do this. Right. I don't, you know, I may not be able to answer your questions about, is this right? Is this wrong? But, but nine times out of 10, you guys know, you already know the answer to it. And what you're trying to do by asking me or Patricia or Kevin is you're trying to see if there's a way around it. Like, you know, like, is it really like, is it really a big deal if I get a tattoo? Like, you know, it, yeah, like, no, right. People, there, there are certain things that it's like, you're, you're, you're making it a little bit too complicated, right? It, what it comes down to is 
Like, what's going on in your mind? What's going on in your heart? Like, what type of fruit are you actually bearing, right? What 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 fruit have you accepted, right? And almost like, like subconsciously planted those seeds inside of you to produce whatever fruit is coming out. You know, you look at some people and you just know, like they say they're Christians, but they're not. It has nothing to do with trying to judge people, you know, because everybody loves to say, you can't judge me and I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It's not about judgment. It's, it's about let, just pointing out what's plain and what's right. That's it. And if we get to the point where we can't even do that, we can't even like, you know, try to encourage one another by saying, hey, like this isn't the way, right? A lot of us are afraid to do that with our friends. Like we have friends who are really volatile, they like to cause or they like, you know, they talk about like sleeping around with girls, you know, they, they'd like to do all those things. And we just, we're just passively there kind of kicking along with them. But you know, that's wrong. Just because you're not doing it, you think, okay, I'm good. I'm scot-free. But guess what? You don't want to be at that point where judgment comes. God is reading through the list of all the things. And then there's a point in time where he says, you know, so-and-so was doing this. This was your friend. I sent you in their life to try to help them. And you sat there and you laughed and you didn't do anything about it. That would be a really like sucky reason not to make it into heaven. You know, granted, it's not your burden. It's not your responsibility to change people. But let God use you. Like let God work on you and then let God use you to work on other people. Because ultimately, if you're not doing it, if God can't rely on us and the Holy Spirit to try to do it, the devil is just as pleased because it's a war. And it all comes down to the number of military personnel. The devil is beefed up. He's got his army ready to go. They are out there and they are doing the work. But what about, what about Christ? We're so concerned about our own salvation that the, the army is looking kind of weak over here. Because we don't want to offend somebody. We don't want to come across as judgmental. We don't want to whatever. But no, right is right. Wrong is wrong. And, you know, you can pray to God to help you, to give you direction and how to um, put that out there. Because there's a way that it has to be communicated and conveyed. Go back and look in the Bible. Look at how Christ dealt with, like, the tax collectors and, you know, prostitutes and people of that nature during his time. Look, look at how he did that. And then pray on that. And then ask God to help you in carrying, you know, carrying out those deeds with other people. But but ultimately, guys, it, it, it just comes down to your walk it comes down to your walk who who is the god who is the master of your life like is it money like are you are you trying to you know look like you have a lot of money and you're this and you're that and you're just pursuing that because you want that to give you gratification and pleasure is it a boy or a girl that you're talking to that now has consumed all your time your attention your efforts literally has become an idol in your life. And you don't know this, but you, you are worshiping this person by, by just engaging so much with this person. All for what? There's not even going to be marriage out of it. You're just, you're just wasting your time just to waste your time because you want to. Like, is that, is that become your God? Is that what you want to turn to? Right? Is it, is it this character that you build up? People know you to be this person with an attitude. You know, your parents are grieved constantly because you don't respect them. Look, our parents are not perfect, right? But the Bible makes it very clear. If you want to live long in this land, you gotta you gotta obey your parents. 
and under no circumstances will disobedient children make it into heaven. Are you kidding me? You can't even obey the, the people that God put here on earth to have uh, dominion and leadership over you. You can't, you can't be obedient to them. How much more God? Like, it, it doesn't work like that. So has that character and that personality, right? You just try, I'm going to do my own thing. I, I'm just being me. This is how I am. Like, this is me. So I try, like, if that, if that, is that your God? Is that what, is that what you're leaning on? Right? Or are you going to choose love? Are you going to choose God? Right? Like, internally, I, I exist in this garden. I, I, I exist in the Garden of Eden, the way I look at it. Like, there's a lot of craziness and ugliness around me on the outside. But you guys, there is a peace that surpasses even my own understanding inside of my heart and in my spirit. Because I believe the Holy Spirit is inside of me. And I believe that internally that garden resides. And so when the devil approaches me, he tries to give me that fruit every now and again. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do what Eve did. I'm going to do what Christ did. And I'm going to fight back with scripture. I'm going to fight back with what I know to be true about God. And the liberty, guys. The liberty that comes from that, the peace of mind that comes from that, all of the beautiful fruit that comes of that, right? Like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to boast about myself, but, you know, like, I don't know if you guys, like, a lot of people, there's a lot of people that really like me, and there's a lot of people that don't like me, okay? I don't really care about people that don't like me, because at the end of the day, like, Jesus Christ was here, and a lot of people didn't like him, okay? So, I'm not trying to compare myself to Jesus, but what I'm trying to say is, like, when people think about me or when people look at me, it's it's usually associated with a positive idea or a positive thought. Whether it's like, oh, she's smart or oh, she's really nice or oh, she's really pretty or like things of that nature. Like, don't you want that? Right. Like, it, you know, you may be physically like on the outside. You may like have the, the features that society will deem as being attractive or being pretty. But I promise you, if your character, your attitude, or just the light inside of you is dim, you are ugly. You are ugly. And people see that in you, right? They'll say, okay, yeah, she has a pretty face, but she has nothing else to offer. Yeah, he's cute, but he's, he's that, that's it. Nothing, nothing else of substance, right? But when you put yourself in, in, in complete submission with God, God actually begins to work on you. Like, you guys can ask my siblings, like, when they were younger... Like, it's, it's actually really funny. We have an inside joke. They, they, call, they used to call me Helga. Like, not only was I, like, scary looking, but I used to act. I just was just, I was a mean person. I don't even really know why. I don't know. I just was kind of, like, mean and just, like, I didn't like myself. Obviously, I didn't know God. I, didn't, I just carried myself, like, anyhow because, you know, I just did. I just, it's like, it was just, like, that was me. Like, that was whatever. When I came to know Christ, like inwardly, there was a light that was a fire rather that was ignited and it began to grow and grow and grow. And, you know, obviously my, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect at all, guys. I still make mistakes. I still slip up. Like, you know, I have like, I just have all sorts of issues sometimes. Right. But I'm working towards it. I'm recognizing that the devil is a liar and when he tries to come to me and present all these narratives that are false to me, I all I have to do is look up, is look up, 
find God, see God, and know that God loves me, God wants the best for me, and I just need to keep my attention and my gaze on Him. Eve wasn't doing that. She she was just looking at that fruit, right? But I, I was like, no, that's that's not what I want. That leads to destruction. I want the kind of life where I inspire people. I want the kind of life where people remember remember me to be kind. People remember me to be, you know, obedient of to my parents. People remember me to be smart. People um, remember me to be somebody who made good decisions. Somebody who helped people. You know, somebody who loved. Somebody who represented Christ. Like, how awkward is it to call yourself a Christian when people look at you and they're not really sure if you represent Christ? Or even worse, guys, how terrible is it for you to so-called be this representation of Christ and be the reason why somebody turns away from God? Because they look at you and they're like, if that's what a Christian is, and you're doing all these things and you act like this, I don't want anything to do with that. They'll look at you and they start calling you fake. Like, how terrible is that? That cannot be it. So I'm going to kind of start to wrap it up, guys. Um, I want you to remember that, you know, th there's a lot of things, a lot of questions we can't answer, a lot of a lot of just ambiguous, you know, things that are kind of bigger than us, right, in terms of, you know, is this right? Is this wrong? Should, I be, should my life look like this? I, like, don't, don't get too caught up in the complication of all those things, right? It's really, really simple. I promise you. It's as simple as just going to God and saying, God, here I am. I'm your creation. I'm your daughter. I'm your son. I know you love me. I don't even have to ask you if you love me. I know you love me because you sent your son to die for me. I know that you've given me an opportunity to escape hell and separation from you. Because a lot of people believe that hell is a lot of different things, but primarily it's just separation from God. And when you separate yourself from God for too long, you start to lose your mind. Right. That's why all of these people who are godless, they have money, they have good jobs, they have, you know, quote unquote, good friends. They have all these things you think that would make them happy, you think that would make them have a good life. And they run and they commit suicide or they're miserable because they don't have God. So they're currently living in hell because they are in separation from God. So you go to God and you're like, God, I know you did all those things to me. I know that there's an opportunity for me to 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 know you in a deeper way. And you say, God, please help me. Just help me. Help me to be better. God, help me to be better. I want to know you. I want to love you. I don't, I don't want to engage in this filth that exists in this world. I want you to come back and plant the Garden of Eden inside of my heart. That place where everything was acceptable. I didn't need anything. You were there. You were my sole provider. I didn't have to look to anything or anyone for anything. You were all I needed. And, and I want you to bring that inside of me today. And when you pray that prayer constantly, right, even in the midst of feeling like, okay, I got this, because I'm still praying that prayer. When you keep praying that prayer, God is faithful to you. But remember, it's, it's a two-sided coin, right? You can't ask God to come and then you're living in filth because God can't come, right? Remember, it's like the allergy. He can't, he can't be around it. It's, it's the water and the oil thing. He can't be there. So you make sure before you try to go to God or you try to get him to come, you've done away with all this wickedness. You've done away with all these, these terrible vices, right, that the Bible talks of. You've done away with it. And I know it's hard, guys. I know it's hard. I don't want to come up here and act like it's easy, right? Because the flesh is like, it almost controls you, right? But that's what, that's what the Bible talks about when it talks about freedom and liberation, right, with Christ's death. It's like, 
You don't have to be a slave to your flesh anymore. You don't have to be a slave to sin, right? That's what the devil wants you to do, right? Because you notice, you know, for, for those of you who, who watch porn regularly, it's like all that needs to happen is the thought has to pop up in your head and all of a sudden you're like a zombie. You just go and watch it. Like that, that's really weird and that's really scary, right? Because at that point, your flesh can dictate what you do and what you don't do, right? That's why fasting is really good too because it really helps you to discipline your flesh. But if the devil can, can tell you something as, as, as simple and as easy as, you know, get up and go, go go watch porn. Don't don't you think that he can do the same thing and has done the same thing to all these people? Get up and go kill this person. Get up and go rob this bank. Get up and go go do all these terrible. Go get up and go do it, right? And that's how the devil is doing it, right? Like that. That's it. That's that's how the world looks like this, right? And and it's the people who instead of turning away from that, choose evil. They choose the devil. You give into it because it's so it's so easy and it's harder to turn away and say no. But my challenge to you guys this week and really for the rest of your lives is to turn away from that. Like turn to God. He is so good and he is so loving and he is so incredible. And the more that I, like, I turn myself away from the devil, the more I see that in God. And you live a life where you, you just feel untouchable. You feel there is nothing the devil can do to you. There is nothing he can do to your family. There is nothing he can do to your friend. Like he cannot touch you. And you know, I told you guys to go and um, I'm going to wrap up soon. I told you guys to go on YouTube, go online and surf the web. There was this 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 young, beautiful woman that I, I was watching her testimony. She she used to be a satanist and you know, she was talking about how much she hated her mother, how much she hated like a lot of different people. So she said that like, you know, she was in the car, she would like pray, pray, like, you know, let this person get into an accident, let this person get into an accident. And she would say, you know, you know, even if, and she prayed to the devil, she's like, even if, even if I have to die too, like, let, let it be so like no sense of like even self-worth. Right. So, so these devils and these Satanists are praying against you constantly. Right. But here's the most powerful thing that she said. She said that because her mom and certain other people like knew Christ because they were like covered by God, not only did those prayers not work, but it backfired on her. She said now all of a sudden she was the one who was getting nightmares and dreams and seeing things and like living this place of death. Like when you when you turn to God and you put yourself in God, and you submerge himself in his in his will and his protection, like the devil cannot touch you. He will try. He will try to tempt you and try to get you away from God, right? So that covering is released. But but, but he won't be able to touch you. He will not be able to touch you so long as you choose to look him in the eyes and be like, yo, I'm not stupid. Like, I know what you're trying to do here. I'm, I'm not going to do this, right? You don't have my best interests in heart. God does. You're trying to open me up into this world of evil, this world of perversion that is going to land me in hell going to land me in destruction and i don't want you guys to think of hell as like this place of like burning torture or whatever because sure that's what it is but think about it as just separation from god separation from the only thing the only being that can love you more than you could ever understand that is scary people in this world who don't grow up with their dad or their mom or just parents they feel a sense of like lacking they don't have a sense of worth they don't know what love is. They don't know how to receive love. And that's the same thing that happens when you separate yourself from God. You just feel like, what am I here for? 
what is the point? But when you when you put yourself before God and you say those prayers and you ask Him to come in and to do the work, it's work, guys. Then He does it, and it's so much more rewarding, so much more fulfilling. Last thing that I will add is get rid of all your friends, right? Get rid of all the people. That are, that are doing the things that 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, verse 5 says. At the very end, it says, have nothing to do with such people. A lot of y'all are really good. You're really good. You're, you're fine. You're, like, staying neutral. You're not really, like, living for God, but you're also not doing all these crazy things. But, like, guys, there is no middle ground. Like, you, you got to pursue God. And if you're around people that aren't, you got to help them get there or just completely move on to a group of people who can encourage you in Christ. And I would say that's probably one of the best reasons why I've seen, like, I know Leslie's on the phone, but like, I notice, I pay attention to the things she does. I pay attention to the things Daniel do, because I like to compare, you know, how, how what their walk looks like now to what mine looked like when it was their age. And I know that mine wasn't as strong as theirs because I didn't, I didn't surround myself with that good support system. Like, Leslie and Daniel are really good about you know, connecting with people, talking to people regularly that are like-minded. Their friends are not, like, wild. Their friends are not doing all these crazy things. And what's happening is that they are living a life that is actually inspiring their friends. Like, you know, people are calling them and asking them, like, for guidance and, and help on how to do those things. And I'm like, dang, like, if I was doing that when I was their age, like, how much better would I be at this point, you know? Not for the sake of comparing myself and looking down on myself, but the sake of just really understanding, like, this is possible, guys. It's it's possible. Don't act, and it's, I know it's hard, but it's very possible. People are doing it, and people are thriving, right? And it's only getting better from here. For Christians, our best days are ahead of us. For non-Christians, I mean, they're just, they're just counting down the time, right? And then not knowing what will happen after that. So I just want to end with, um, with a, a song ministration. And um, I'm going to ask Leslie to sing um, one of my favorite songs. Um, and one of the things I think is really cool that she's doing is she's really using her ministry, um, which is music and her talent, to, to help her not only connect with God, but to connect with other people. And so I would encourage you guys to do that too. If you have a skill set, a talent, something that you really like doing, pray that God will bless you to become better in it, but also um, pray and ask him to help you to use that gift to bless other people. So I'm always blessed when Leslie likes sings because, you know, obviously like I'm her sister, so I know kind of where she came from. I know her story, I know her testimony. And so when she sings, I can, I can, I can like, I can see it. And it really breaks me down because it's like, wow, God, like, look at what you're doing for people. Like, please do it. In me. And, and that's my prayer. So I'm going to ask Leslie to sing a song. It's called God, I Look to You. It's by Bethel Music. And um, I'll just ask her to sing one verse and then we'll close out in prayer. Um, the lyrics of, of the song is, God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. That's going to be our prayer as we close out. Um, so Leslie, if you don't mind, just sing, sing me that verse. 
Um, I want you guys to listen to the words, and I want you guys, um, as she's singing, to just, like, I don't know, meditate, pray, do what you need to do. Like, we, we want to we wanna come away from this different. We don't want to go back and be doing those things that we were doing. Like, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. You know, the world is, like, is already on its way to doom. We don't want to be around for that. Like, we are really trying to do better here. And by, by looking up to God, you know, we're, we're not going to be overwhelmed. We are going to be, um, we're just going to be exposed to his goodness and his light and his grace. And he's going to help us, guys. He's going to help us. You're not going to be in this alone. You have friends, <clears throat> you have family, you have support. Um, and you don't have to, like, live like a nun or, like, you know, you don't have to do that. Like, you see me on social media, like, having a good time, like, you see, uh, we, we live, like we live, we really, really live, but we know how to live because, because Christ is in us. And in and, and Christ, that, that is true life. So Leslie, I'm going to leave you um, with the floor, sing a verse, and I'll close us out. Okay, sure. And um, before I sing, guys, um, I just would like to say a very short thing that um, whenever you guys are feeling to sin or you guys are feeling some type of burden, you need to pray. You know, because as much as it may feel natural or may seem normal, it's not. You know, we live in a world not fighting against, you know, flesh and blood, but against, like, you know, rulers, you know, and principalities, you know, princes of the air that infiltrate through, you know, temptation and our, you know, sins. And so we need to pray and um, fight in spirit. So um, I'm going to go ahead and sing. God, I look to you. Okay. And <clears throat> I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. And God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me wisdom to do things like you do. Okay. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Guys, let's just close out in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you, God, for all that you have done for us, Lord. Thank you that you are a good, good father. Thank you, God. And even when we can't see it, even when we don't understand it, God, we know that you're there and we know that you're good. God, thank you for that. Thank you for delivering us, God. Thank you for protecting us, God. Thank you for keeping us still here and still giving us a chance, God. There's a lot of people who are in the grave who would love to do anything to just be where we are today, to switch places with us, to have an opportunity to serve you and to do it the right way, God. And here we are, you've given us a chance to do that. We keep giving us chances, God. We don't want to take that for granted. God, we look to you. We will not be overwhelmed. Give us vision, dear God, to see things like you do. God, we look to you. You are where our help comes from. Give us wisdom, Lord. You know just what to do. So we pray, God, just asking that you will keep us, you will help us, God, 
that you will use us to strengthen each other, encourage one another, God, that you will help us, God, to turn away from evil when it presents itself to us, oh God, and that, God, this will be our testimony, God, that we will go out and we will share the good news, your goodness, your grace, like how incredible you are, God. We will go out boldly and we will share that with people. God, help us to know that when we sin, when we fall, you're not mad at us. You haven't distanced yourself from us. It's just that we have done that by accepting and allowing evil in our lives. Help us, God, instead of running away and hiding like Adam and Eve did, help us, God, to run to you even further and to pray fervently to you, O God, to help us to not put ourselves in that situation again. God, we know this is not going to happen overnight, so we pray that you give us the patience. Please let your Holy Spirit come and reside in us, O Lord, and just help us, God. Help us in this life, in this journey as young Christians. We thank you in advance because we know you have already done it. We thank you for your word that came, and we thank you just, again, for who you are. We pray, O Lord, that as we go through this week, you will be with us, Lord. You will be with us and you will remind us of all these things that we talked about. That you will keep us away from sin, O God, to the best of our ability. That we will flee away from it, O God. That when the devil approaches us with these fruits, O God, we will turn away from it. Because we will know better than to take it and eat it and plant seeds of evil and destruction in our lives. Help us, God. We cannot do this without you. We love you. We thank you. And we worship you. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.